Hello and welcome back to the View Church podcast. This is Jake, the host of this podcast, and we are super excited to be sitting back down um, and chatting with you. No matter when you're listening to this, we appreciate you guys tuning in, and um, it's really our aim to um, talk with you guys and have conversations around um, some of the stuff that's happening on Sundays and some of the things that George is uh, teaching on. And if you've been following along, you know, we continually um, reference back to um, ancient biblical texts, whether it's uh, the Beatitudes or the Psalms. And George, right now, um, you're moving through a series called The Eternal Current. And first off, I love that name. So if you could tell us a little bit about how you got that name, because I love it. And also just a little bit of a backdrop about what uh, is inspiring that series and uh, where is it coming from? Well, I need to say that I've borrowed that because there was a book called The Eternal Current. Right. Um, so, but I, I love what uh, Bono from U2 says. He says, every poet is a thief and every artist is a cannibal. <laughs> so there's nothing new under the sun. So even when we right. borrow something, but no, it's, it's significant to me because um, I just think there's so much beauty and good within a tradition. Mm. And in a lot of ways, uh, tradition gets a bad name as being something that is dead. And what I think we're discovering is that there are these really good parts and beautiful parts of tradition that either we've forgotten about Mm -hmm. and we need to dust off and reintroduce to our culture because they matter more now than ever. Um, or it's just things that, you know, we've forgotten about along the way that, Mm -hmm. you know, perhaps can, can be helpful. So, uh, you know, we're starting with this place of maybe we could be further ahead if we have something to root and ground ourselves in than just starting from nothing. And so, uh, you know, the notion of connecting to something, this current, this stream that has been happening, you know, all throughout the generation seems to give us a head start. Mm-hmm. And we see it as something that doesn't hold us back, but springs us forward in some ways. So we're just trying to, to, to tap into that and to bring that with us. And we're finding that it gives us new life. Mm. And I know too, that we had chatted about this in the last podcast where there is the, um, it seems we continue to move in this dualistic mindset where there's the people that are holding tight to tradition and everything new, they reject everything new. They're trying to take our tradition away. And then you have the other camp that's saying our tradition got us in trouble. So everything has to go on that. We're going to rebuild a new Christianity, and it sounds like what you're saying is that we don't have to do that. <laughs> it's no, going to be a no, lot of work I, I think to try both, to do that. Both those can be unhelpful. Mm. And um, so I think there is a beautiful bringing together the past with the present. Mm. And um, some of it could be brand new in beautiful ways, and some of it could be these old, you know, time and true, you know, things that have worked that we, we just need to uh, reintroduce them. Right. So, uh, yeah, somehow I think God's at work when, when we bring both of those things together. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus was doing essentially right. with his Jewish faith is that uh, it wasn't that he wanted to undo it or right. to walk away from it. It was he saw a more beautiful way that it could be lived out. And that's what he was trying to do. So we want to be connected to the same way that Jesus was connected to his tradition and bringing mm. it forward in a beautiful way. Mm. And you kind of it kind of sums up a little bit. It gives a little bit of a glimpse of... Um, the backdrop of what you're talking about with this quote that if it's okay, I'll read it for you um, from uh, Richard Rohr um, where it says, I can't imagine that God expects all human beings to start from zero and to reinvent the wheel of life in their own small lifetimes. 
I mean, that's that's a classic Richard Rohr where that one sentence is probably I could probably write seven books off of that because it's so rich. But I think it it when you talked about this on the last episode about this balancing act that people try to find where they're either on one side or the other. To me, this releases a lot of pressure to say, you know, we're here to represent the one who sent us. And there's this embodying presence that we need to be tapping into more so than creating something new off this stream. We need to be tapping into this stream because that is the actual current of life. And it's the same whether you were 2,000 years ago or you're here now. You know, we talk about that we've done an episode on the heart, right? Well, when you're tuning in your heart, that's tuning into that eternal current. And and so, you know, it's not necessarily about are we right or wrong. It's about saying we need to be present in what's happening here. And it sounds like what Richard Rohr is saying is that God doesn't expect us. It doesn't, we kind of punish ourselves by feeling like we have to reinvent the wheel. In a lot of ways, it's just foolishness when you could start with something mm. to have, you know, the... I'm going to use the word arrogance or the lack of humility mm. to see what is, you know, where this tradition has been right. and what is already there that um, in some ways um, might inspire you more. Mm. And so, of course, God's doing new things, but um, I think they could be even more beautiful if they're new and connected to what God has always been doing. Mm. So there's a bit of humility that's in, involved in this. And I think, to open our hearts to bear that humility um, really helps us go further. It opens us up to the next topic, which is wisdom. And I know that's something that um, even a, a few years ago when you were pastoring a different church, I heard you talk about wisdom. So I know that this has been something that's been in your heart for a long time. And you mentioned um, in, a, in a recent service where Traditionally, when you're young, you know, our, our Western culture values the young. It's all about you almost peak. You have a peak period, and then you just kind of get old, and you kind of just, what are we going to do with all these old people? Where a lot of Eastern cultures, a lot of other cultures, they celebrate age. Ages, uh, that's where our elders come from. But really, it all encapsulates into one word, and that's wisdom. And you sit down, and you listen to your elders. You don't listen to what a 25-year-old has to say about living life. You listen to someone in their 80s. And I think that that does take a certain amount of humility. And in order to us, in order for us to live a rich life, to live the life that God intends for us to be full of peace, joy, happiness, sometimes it's not inventing new ways to be peaceful and joyful. Sometimes it's just about saying, what's already been done here that I can already tap into? And so um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know that you were saying that, you know, there's a powerful shift that happens when we humble ourselves to seek wisdom as our as our aim. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm discovering that wisdom is something that leads you to peace and joy. And um, it's so valuable to um, bear humility to, to receive that from our elders or, or from something that comes out of our past that has proven over time that it's true. Mm. And it was true back then, and it's still true, and it will always be true. Mm. So I think wisdom connects us to the things that, you know, have always been true. And so it's not like the kind of wisdom we're talking about here is a living tradition. It is this current of vitality that was uh, vital a thousand years ago, and it's still vital today. And so um, wisdom, in the way I'm experiencing it, um, when I know it's true wisdom, 
it's because it comes with this measure of joy mm. and peace. Like when I open my heart to it, and even when I'm willing to acknowledge, oh, I miss that. Mm. Um, but to be humble enough to see that now, it helps me see more clearly going forward, and it helps me live more fully, um, and and to find more joy in my living. So, w- wisdom for me is. Um, you know, this life-giving energy. Mm. Um, I would say, uh, as someone told me yesterday <laughs> after the service, are you talking about the Holy Spirit? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, the Holy Spirit is our counselor. That, yes, in a teacher. Yeah, yeah. so that, that living spirit, the essence that gives us of uh, life. And so um, we said it yesterday in this way, that, that wisdom starts with this profound holy respect mm. for just life itself. And to fear the Lord is to treat life with that kind of wisdom that there is this beauty to it there is this life-giving energy this is this breath that we have yeah. and we're given energies and what we do with that um you know makes all the difference in in what we experience in in human life so wisdom is first of all to start with wow just to exist and to be alive is holy mm. and we should respect that by growing and deepening and how to use that life energy. Well, and you reference it was even a trigger for me again when you said it. And I know it's a trigger for a lot of people that maybe grew up in a, in a highly um, traditional fear of the Lord as in real fear. And I know the fear, let's put the fear of God in you or whatever else. And you referenced that. And I think we need to, you alluded to it in the last part you were talking about there, but I want you to dive a little further for those of us who understand that verse to say, um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. It's like, well, you know, I was always taught like that's true fear. Like God could come get me at any time and that's wisdom. So you listen to God because any minute now, like you said the other day, it's like he'll come spite, like whatever it is, he's coming after you. But you're saying it's a whole different paradigm approach. So can you talk about that? Because to me, that really struck a chord with me to understand, oh, they're talking more about awe. They're not talking about the traditional fear that the, that we believe in our culture and that we're also used to of punishment and everything else. You're talking about a different paradigm shift because you can talk a little bit about that because that to me is a powerful part that some of our listeners may uh, want to relearn and lean into when they hear that verse. Yeah, I, if God is the source of life, I don't think he gives it and tries to work against it. Like that just seems to be counterproductive. Like, So the notion that, you know, God would give us life in some way and then not be helpful to us living that most fully and most joyfully. Um, And I even think that pertains to when we make mistakes or when we fall short or when we discover some kind of brokenness that in essence, um, fear really, you know, translates to trust. It's, Mm. It's trusting that there's been some greater source that has given us life and we can trust that source with our life. That's a completely different way of, of thinking about it than somehow if we don't follow through or live up right. to what we think, you know, this divine being, this God of love would, would invite us to that somehow now he's going to punish us or work against us. Yeah, I just, I just find the experience of God to be the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And the more that I experience God in that way, the more inspiring it is to trust that and to surrender to that mm. even more deeply and more fully because um, 
that's what love does. It just it keeps inviting us to be everything we were made to be without heaping guilt or more burden. It's more of a freeing kind of experience. So wisdom for me doesn't make me feel worse about myself. Right. Wisdom actually opens me up to what's possible, right. and I find that there really is a living Holy Spirit that is there to to guide us, to walk with us, to help us. Uh, realize that and experience this reality of being human in the way that God made us. So it just starts with God's not against us. He's for us in every way. And that even includes when we mess up. Yeah, especially includes when we mess up because we, we you know, when you're saturated in a culture, you, you forget that you're saturated in a culture. So our culture is highly competitive. You know, it's all about the individual self. It's all about your, and all that stuff's fine. But it does embed guilt. It embeds, I'm not doing my life right. I can't make mistakes. The pressure's high. Stakes are high. You know, my boss is on me. My family's on me. What does it mean to be a good father? What does it mean to be a good employee? All those things. And it's just this beautiful thing to think. I was thinking about this when you were talking about this in the service, where the same current, the same trust, the same wisdom that my grandfather relied on in his lifetime with his problems very real problems. He, nobody gets a pass on life. Everybody has things they go through. Is the same current that I can now lean into? Isn't that beautiful? That's like that eternal current it, to me. And it, maybe that's just a, a, a part of like when you look into a diamond, it reflects multi things. Maybe this is just part of what you meant by that. But it reminded me of the same type of connection, the same type of love and peace and joy that my grandfather felt when he was connected, you know, into that wisdom and Holy Spirit. And grandfathers, longs before I was here, it's still here. And I don't have to reinvent that. I can just lean into the same thing that they did. And there's something beautiful releasing. And um, you said this too, and I want to, I want to, I want you to close out with this unbelievable. quote by uh, Ronald, um, is it Rolfheiser? Is that how you say it? First try. It's pretty good. Rolfheiser, uh, the holy longing. But before we do, um, there's something that you were saying that sometimes we can separate our spirituality from our life. It's almost like I live my spiritual life and then I go and on Monday morning I go to work. And that's different. That's work. Then I go home and spend time with my family. Then that's my family time. But then in the morning, if I wake up early, I can have some spiritual time. But I just want to read this because... Um, It's something that's really powerful. Something powerful happens when we connect with a holy, sacred reverence for our very existence. We see more clearly to live more fully. And it's like the existence is our spiritual life. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because that to me is a massive paradigm shift where it's not about my quiet time in the morning or it's not about my Sunday experience. It's about my existence. It's about being here and it it all belongs here. Yeah, and and for me, it it really comes down to two basic categories within that, which is, is my spirituality life-giving mm. or is my spirituality in some way creating um, destruction mm. or you know being hurtful in some way? So wisdom is guiding us to a more life-giving kind of spirituality. And the truth is, we all have one. We already have one. And is it life-giving? Or is it in some way being destructive? Mm-hmm. And so um, it really comes down very simply for, for me. It's like I ask that question all the time. Is this practice, is this behavior, is this way of thinking about God, is this way of relating to another, is this way of living my life, is it more life-giving? Mm-hmm. And um, that becomes my spirituality. And what I find is wisdom is present 
in those moments to always encourage, to always uh, guide my eyes and my heart towards something that is more life-giving. Like, Jake, we really get a lot of help. Mm, And it really starts with an open heart and the humility just to say, yes, I'm open. Um, Yes, I'm teachable. Uh, Show me. Um, what can I learn from this? How help me understand that better? Like these are the basic questions of our spirituality, and we're invited to these every day, and sometimes multiple times a day. So, wisdom isn't about knowing it all or figuring it all out. Mm. It really is about an open heart, and that's what Proverbs tells us: that wisdom enters the heart. So, the fool is this: the fool is not someone that um, you know is being. Uh, called a name. Mm. Um, the fool here is not hungry for wisdom. Um, they're tone deaf to wisdom mm. for some reason. They don't have the reverence for existence and life that perhaps can be most helpful to them, or they just won't accept advice in some way. And I find we could be so much further ahead if we could bear the humility to uh, see the wisdom that is all around us through people who love us, Mm. through um, a divine presence, a Holy Spirit that wants to guide and direct our lives. And it's all there. Um, And really, it really does come down to to the question of what are we doing with that fire inside of us, that life that we've been given, Mm. that breath. Is it, you know, is it guiding us to a more life-giving experience? Or in some way, is it is it being hurtful? Mm. And if it's being hurtful, then it just starts with "Help me." Yes, and the I, most beautiful I, prayer that you could pray. Yeah, and I really want to. I want to pause on this for any note takers out there like me who um, maybe some people listen and maybe want to journal about this. But I want to go through these again because this one hit me when I was in the service. Um, essentially, these to me are almost like short prayers or short things that you can just say within your heart in order to open up to wisdom because yeah, it's great. We can talk about wisdom. We can get in, you know, we can be inspired by it, but I need to now know what do I, what do I do? How do I get it? What are some of the things that I can do? And I think these are simple things to say kind of in your heart space to say, yes, I'm open. I am teachable. Show me. I mean, that's, these are, these are humble statements, right? Because that's what show me means. I don't know, but this is what I'm saying is this Western culture we live in that we're not allowed not to know. And it's okay not to know because when you show when you open up you can say what can I learn from this what an empowering question to be going through something be blaming yourself judging yourself and you take a minute and you say what can I learn from this and all of a sudden it's like something comes up in your heart and you're like oh my gosh but it's not there until you ask these questions and then my favorite is help me understand that better or this better that references something in the past right a lot of times we get stuck in our past of why did that happen to me? Why did my dream not go through? Why did this not work? Um, and I know, George, you've, you jokingly said this, but it's been true. You run these through a lot over the past two years, being, a, being a pastor, starting a church in the pandemic. These aren't little uh, trite little things that, that go on a, a Hallmark card. These are things that you're, you're really wrestling with and then moving into, and you're seeing the fruits of moving through these I trust, questions. I trust these now. Yeah. That... That's how wisdom comes. Yep. And I desire it more now than ever. And I think when you are beginning to see more clearly because you're opening up to the wisdom that has always been there and will always be there, um, and you begin to have this desire to live more fully, these kinds of questions, these kinds of ways of living more humble 
with the acknowledgement that we don't know that mm. often there's so many circumstances and situations and things of our lives that we don't have the answer to. But Jake, there truly is help. There really is a divine loving presence that wants us to thrive Mm. and wants us to live more fully. And no one has to do this alone. Mm. And yes, there's a mystical aspect to this that happens through prayer and through some of our disciplines and, and spiritual practices, but so much of it happens in relationship with others who are striving for the same thing. Yeah. And so we we learn from each other, we encourage yeah. each other, and the, the same Holy Spirit that is in me is in you. Yeah. And so when, when when you begin the journey with others who are uh, you know thriving and, and searching for that kind of wisdom, then we share it with each other, mm. and it makes the whole journey so much more enjoyable. And, and we can get there quicker than yeah. just doing it alone. I completely agree. And I was going to say that so many times and we have a close relationship and so many times when we're talking, um, it seems like that spirit is constantly reframing for us. Right. And it's like, well, I understand what you're saying, but you know, maybe this is also part of it. And it, it's, it's not, it's not a way that we try to talk over each other or we try to, uh, no, George, don't struggle with that. Like I, I embrace that struggle you're going through. Um, and I, this is what I'm going through. Maybe does it, do you, do you sense that this is going on within this struggle, this peace and joy? Yes. And it's like, that's the thing is it almost goes that verse peace beyond understanding continues to come up in my, my thinking because it is beyond what you're currently seeing. It's saying there's something else more here. There's something more here. So, um, well, I can't think of a better way to close out George than to read, that caption. So do you want to read um, that part of the book, The Holy Longing by Ronald Rollheiser? Well, actually, I want to read to you the, one of the Proverbs. <laughs> yeah, okay? let's do Proverbs. Just, I was like, damn, with just Proverb. In, uh, Proverb 3, it says this, Do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Mm. Uh, preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you mm. and an ornament to grace your neck. It's like the deeper you go in wisdom, the more there is this grace to your life, and I am I, I'm I'm learning how to trust in that more and more and more deeply, and I'm finding that that grace is endless, right. and it's one of the most beautiful things that we can find in our lives because it is that grace that compels us. It is that grace that mm-hmm. takes ugly things and makes them more beautiful, and so that's what these are the kinds of things that that uh, wisdom brings into our lives. So yeah. we can trust these ancient scriptures. Yeah. And, and these proverbs, and um, there's something beautiful from the past that meets us in this present that mm. um, we're not starting from zero, Jake. Mm. We, we, can, we can start with a, a great source of life and energy and wisdom and go take it further in our time. I love that. That's beautiful. Well, let me, if it's okay, I'll, I'll read this out and then we'll close with that. But I... I, I can't echo that enough in my own personal experience of the fact that on the other side of humility is joy. It's not sacrifice. It's not pain. It's not being taught something new and being scolded for it. On the other side of humility and wisdom is guiding joy. And it's like, that's where you're going. It's like, if you're going to get a train ticket to wisdom, you're wondering where it's going. Expect joy, expect freedom, peace. Don't get into it. Like, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to humble myself and try to find wisdom and expect something that's not joyful because it is extremely joyful and peaceful. So you read this out and I'm going to close with this. Uh, this is by Ronald Rollheiser on the Holy in this book, the Holy longing. It's no easy task to walk this earth and find peace. An unquenchable fire lies at the center of the human experience. 
Sometimes it hits us as pain, which comes in the form of restlessness, dissatisfaction, frustration, and aching. And at other times, it's felt as a deep energy, as something beautiful, as an inescapable pull, more important than anything else inside us toward love, beauty, creativity, and a future beyond our limited present. Desire can show itself as aching pain or delicious hope. What we do with our longings, both the pain and the hope they bring us, is our spirituality. What we do with the fire inside of us. So I know that, you know, that's been something um, that I'm learning to make sure that wisdom also guides in pain and in joy. It's our spiritual experience, it's not the Sunday experience. It's the very life force that we've been given and what we decide to do with it. Well, we thank you so much, guys, for listening. And uh, make sure and and um, be on viewchurch.org. We post this on Facebook, Instagram, all across uh, our social media platforms. And if you're not on our email, join our Facebook page and send us a note. Um, we're going to have a link up soon for to how to get involved with our email because there are updates that are happening um, as we continue to move our way out of uh, the coronavirus. Hopefully, we're making a lot of progress there and excited about that. So make sure that you guys are in tune with us, and we'll be back to you soon. Take care.